This is Inputs, the podcast by Top Crop Manager, Canada's national source for the latest agronomic research, crop production, and technology trends. You've tuned in to hear conversations about relevant research, best production practices, and everything in between. Enhanced protection from early season flea beetles and cutworms. Leading protection from seedling disease complex and blackleg. Win the start with Corteva canola seed treatments. Ask your local seed supplier. Welcome everyone. My name is Dylan Shirley and I will be your host for this week's episode. Today I'm joined by Kim Brown Livingston. She's the provincial weeds specialist with Manitoba Agriculture. Kim, welcome to Inputs. Oh, thanks for having me. We are very happy to have you because we are going to talk about Palmer amaranth or amaranthus palmary, something that's been getting a little bit more buzz in Canada, at least in the last couple of years. So uh, before we specifically talk about maybe a, an occurrence in Manitoba, I just want to lay the groundwork for what is Palmer amaranth. So could you kind of describe what the plant looks like and maybe a few facts about it, like where is it uh, native to and where is it? Uh, been historically a problem in maybe North America? Yeah, this is a, a weed that has been on the radar um, on in Canada, you know, for a while. We've been very lucky to not have this weed so far, but it is starting to show up. Um, and this is a weed that is causing incredible economic damage um, in to directly south of us in the States. Um, it's actually a native plant um, to the States. Um, it, it's it's a, it's in the, the amaranth family, which is the pigweed family. And a lot of us in agriculture, I mean, we're very familiar with red root pigweed. Um, this is like red root pigweed on steroids. This plant is um, capable of uh, incredible growth. Uh, it develops herbicide resistance very, very rapidly. Again, it, it started off, it was a native plant. And, you know, sometimes um, depending on the um, agricultural systems that these plants are in, um, depending on the chemicals that are being used, depending on the rotations, um, these plants all of a sudden develop ways to get around those chemistries, to get around the way we're growing our crops. And then, um, you know, as quite often happens, plants that are have you know, not been a problem before all of a sudden start showing up as herbicide resistant and start becoming a real problem because then you can't get rid of them once they're in your crops. So, you know, it's, it is a herbicide resistant weed. It's, it's resistant to multiple groups. You know, we can get into that a bit later too, but, um, but the one thing it's, it's like a super weed. This thing is, um, uh, it grows incredibly fast. Uh, it develops resistance incredibly fast. It has an incredible number of seeds in it. Um, I mean, up to a million seeds per plant, you know, so one plant all of a sudden can infect huge areas if those seeds start spreading. Um, it's a typical pigweed plant and that it's got a lot of tiny, tiny, tiny little black seeds. So it's very easy for those things to hitch a ride in any kind of dirt on equipment or um, it, we know that a lot of this stuff has been moving north um, with, you know, in equipment um, and also the, the digestive tract of migratory birds. So this is a plant that, you know, originally it's a native plant. Um, it developed resistance and then it started developing more resistance and more resistance and it started moving. And now, you know, it is moving all through the United States and um, um, now we're st just just starting to see it show up in Canada. So it's uh, something that we're extremely worried about. Yeah, I think when you describe something as a weed, but on steroids, I think that kind of uh, perks everyone's ears and uh, kind of, you know, 
puts the alarms on for everyone to kind of pay attention a little bit more. So you've mentioned that it's resistant to uh, different herbicides. So, so do we know how many herbicide groups that Palmer amaranth is actually resistant to? Um, a lot, mo- pretty much most of them. Um, it depends on the literature, but you see, you know, usually it's resistant to to seven groups and, po- and there are some populations that are resistant actually to nine different herbicide groups. So basically anything that might work on it um, doesn't work anymore. And it originally started with glyphosate resistance um, and then very quickly developed group two resistance as well. And from there, we've moved on to, you know, group four, group five, group seven, uh, group 11, uh, group 14, group 15, group 27. There just isn't anything left um, that that used to work on a pigweed that doesn't work on these weeds anymore. Um, and so that's just um, a real problem that, you know, as as it becomes resistant and okay, you then you try something else that get that works on it. But if that soon the problem with the, with herbicide resistance is, as you narrow uh, the field of of products that you can still use, um, you're you're using those remaining products. That's all you have left. So that's what you use, and then you know your selection pressure. You just end up selecting um, for resistance to, to the few remaining products that you have. And this is a weed. It, it's kind of a unique weed. Um, it, it, it's a very good weed when you're looking at it from a weed standpoint. Um, one of the things about it, it's it's a pigweed. So it's it, like, again, it's in that pigweed family, but it's actually um, what we call a dioecious plant, which means it has separate male plants and separate female plants. And re- normally the pigweeds that we normally deal with, the red root pigweed and some of the other ones that have, have been around for a long time, those are monoecious, which means the male and female plants are on the same or parts are, are on the same plant. Um, a dioecious plant, there's a lot of outcrossing because there's pollen flow um, and, and the resistance grows so much quickly, more quickly in a dioecious plant because you might have, um, you know, a resistant male um, and a whole field full of susceptible females. But the minute that, you know, that pollen starts to, to transfer and, and, you know, fertilize uh, those female plants, then that seed, some of that seed is now resistant. So the resistance grows that much more quickly because of the, the type of plant this is. And uh, again, there's a couple of plants uh, in that family that are like that. And those are the two worst pigweeds that we deal with. And Palmer is, is the worst by far. I would definitely agree with you. The Palmer sounds like the absolute worst and no one would want to deal with it. So I'm going to take us back a little bit to uh, 2021 and in uh, Dufferin County in Manitoba. So could you kind of share what happened with the occurrence of Palmer Amaranth, how uh, you guys came across it and where specifically in the province uh, you found it? Well, um, I didn't find that one myself. We actually are really fortunate in Manitoba to have um, some really tremendous um, independent agronomists and private agronomists and our agronomists that work, you know, with our line companies and our, our, our retail, our retail input companies. They're great. We we all work together and we, we're watching for these weeds. And so... Um, uh, it, in some ways, it's not hard to spot them late in the fall or not in the fall. I guess by August, normally when um, we start to see these weeds, they grow exponentially. These weeds can get very, very tall. Something like a Palmer amaranth, you know, can be 
12 to 14 feet tall or taller. So they're very noticeable. We do tend to see um, weeds like that in our in our crops, like our, our dry beans and our soybeans. And so um, because they, they just are sticking up so much, we, we know too some of these weeds could be in our corn and our sunflowers, but they're harder to see in there because those are taller crops. Um, but in this case, when we first found Palmer amaranth, um, you know, one of our independent retail or our independent agronomists, sorry, um, in the Carmen area had found it in one of their fields that they were scouting. Um, it was in a dry bean field. You know, your dry beans are maybe a foot and a half off the ground. They're quite short to the ground. Uh, they were drying down. It was getting close to harvest. And all of a sudden there's a 12 foot tall weed just off in the distance that agronomists could see it. So investigated um, and then ended up finding two plants in that one dry bean field. And uh, there was one male plant and one female plant. Uh, we didn't, there was no seed in it. We looked and looked for seed. Uh, there wasn't any. Um, and so both plants were dug out of the ground. Uh, the root system was dug out because this plant will regrow when, if you break it off, if um, the roots will regrow and it's capable of setting seed again very quickly. And, uh, but luckily there wasn't any seed in those two plant in, in the female plant. And uh, so those weeds were destroyed. So that's how it was found um, in the, in the municipality of Dufferin, which is in uh, South central Manitoba. Uh, it just happens to be uh, in the town of Carmen, which is where our, our Manitoba ag um, office is where all the, the provincial specialists work out of. So um, it was very fortunate that it was close by, but we have been finding our other pigweed species that are causing issues like, like water hemp. We are finding those kind of in that South Central Manitoba area. Um, that's where the other, where the water hemp has been found. So we weren't really surprised. You know, we knew that we were probably going to start to see, if we were going to see Palmer, it was probably going to show up in the same places that our water hemp was starting to show up. That does sound very fortunate that uh, you guys were only a, a skip hop and jump away uh, to this field. So I know you kind of mentioned how well Palmer Amaranth might be able to travel around, but uh, are there any kind of theories or uh, possible ways that you can imagine that these or that these two Palmer plants ended up in this field? Uh, you know, there, there are so many ways and we won't know for sure. Um, again, it was just two plants. So two seeds came from somewhere to grow these two plants. So it could have come in in any kind of seed that comes up over the border. Um, even any trucks that are coming back and forth, bringing product up and taking product back down. These are tiny, tiny little pigweed seeds. They can hitch a ride in anything. Um, I've seen pictures of them from some of my colleagues down in the States where they will grow in the little bit of the dirt that accumulates on the bumper of a truck, you know, at the back where the lights are. Um, they'll grow on, um, uh, they'll grow in eaves troughs they'll grow anywhere these tiny little seeds get get moved around and they grow and then they grow they it could have come again migratory birds we know are moving these things north and um you know carmen we're not the very far off the u.s border and palmer amaranth is in north dakota so it it's not very far south of us. It's not a surprise that it would start to show up because there's just so many mechanisms that it can come up. Um, again, any piece of equipment that would have any dirt on it, like even something, and even any dirt in the tires, it comes up. It could come up in seed, depending where that seed was grown. It could be a contaminant in seed. We know there's been a lot of it moving around through the U.S. in contaminated seed. So again, there's there's multiple ways of 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 it getting here, and we just have to be watching all of them. Some of them we can do nothing about. I mean, the, the migratory birds, there's nothing we can do about that. We just have to watch for the plants and destroy them when we find them. Jeez, literally, uh, you know, life finds a way 
in some of the most annoying ways, apparently, for Palmer Amaranth. Uh, so just in speaking about these two plants that you found, uh, were you able to do any kind of testing on them to see uh, what kind of resistance that they had? Or was it just you just found them and then kind of immediately uh, got rid of them? Yeah. Uh, we did DNA testing on it um, to confirm that it was uh, Palmer amaranth, um, and uh, we weren't able to get any resistance testing done on those particular samples. Uh, we did find one more plant in 2022 in the in the very same area, not that same field, but a field very close by to it. So we found one plant, just one, and it was a male plant, so there was no seed in it, obviously, so we couldn't check that. But um, it's been tested. I have the DNA results back. It's definitely a Palmer, and we are waiting on resistance testing. We're hoping to get um, the resistance testing back on that very soon and find out which herbicide groups it's resistant to. Um, in, in Manitoba, these plants are, we have something called a Noxious Weeds Act, and um, these are what we call a tier one weed, and a tier one weed by law under the act has to be destroyed. So when we find any of these plants, they are destroyed. And, and we do not, um, because we just can't let them get away on us. So anytime we find a plant, you know, we save enough to sample to get rid of it, and then it is bagged and burnt. And it's, uh, we, we, can't, we can't let them survive. <laughs> So they get dug up as soon as we find them. And like I say, they're bagged and burned. As they should be. Next farmer. Next producer. Next rancher. Next generation. You're ready to find your place in the Canadian agriculture industry and Farm Credit Canada is here to help. We'll finance your operation, offer transition planning and provide learning and advisory services. Join our events and peer groups so you can network with other young producers like you. Get ready for what's next. Talk with Farm Credit Canada or visit fcc.ca slash nextgen. So just talking about this past year, so you said that you found one male plant in and around the same area. Were there any other uh, reports of Palmer Amaranth in the province? No, no. As far as I know, that's all we've seen. Again, you know, we know there might be more out there. We just aren't seeing it. And I think this is some of the reasons why these weeds have moved around is when you look at, uh, you know, we know they've moved around in our, our crops, like our, especially because it's glyphosate tolerance was one of the first issues with this weed and so in areas where there's a, a corn soybean rotation you know you can see these weeds in a soybean crop but you don't see them in the next year's corn crop and you know we do have a fair bit of corn we have sunflowers um, you know we have even some sorghum fields in Manitoba as well now you know for forage and so we know there could be fields out there that there might be some and we just can't see it if you you know have uh, you know, it's a it's a 12 or 14 foot tall weed, but if it's in a cornfield or a sunflower field, those are pretty hard to see. So we're, you know, realistically, we know there could be more, but this is all we found so far. But we are looking and um, we all of our agronomists are aware, our farmers, a lot of them are, are, are really aware of these weeds that we're worried about. And they're looking and, you know, as soon as we see anything suspicious, we we're on it. So speaking about looking and kind of scouting for Palmer Amaranth, uh, going into the future here and get into next growing season, uh, where in the province should people be kind of more on the outlook for Palmer Amaranth and, uh, what kind of timeline should they be scouting? Should they be looking in the early season? Should they be looking for 10 to 12 feet tall plants in the fall? Like when is probably the good time for a, a grower to go look for this plant? 
Yeah. Well, I'm uh, I'm joking that August now is going to be my pigweed patrol month. And I think that's pretty much what my life is going to look like over the next uh, coming years is uh, pigweed patrol all August. Uh, they definitely grow all season long. So they will germinate quite early in the spring, but they can germinate all all season, which is, again, it's a good weed and that's a good weedy characteristic for it. Uh, the problem is, you know, I, we need to be scouting post post uh with our post herbicides once we've done our in-crop herbicide spray we need to be scouting after that and we need to be watching for any pigweed type plant that is not dying that did that made it through um not lots of times they are harder to see until they start poking up above the canopy so normally when we've been finding them even when we find them in our soybean crops i mean we have soybean crops that can be you know um you know up to my shoulder almost in height we have some we have some very tall varieties and these weeds will be you know in there um some of this ones i have found in soybean crops again they are just um you know they're harder to see until you start so they start poking up above the crop and then you can they're much more you know they're much more visual realistically do we find them in our corn and our and our sunflowers we don't unless we're walking and walking and scouting and scouting and again we do find some that way um, but we do start to see them in that August you know late July August is when you really need to be out there looking and if you do you know get out and you're scouting and you're seeing these pigweeds in the canopy by then you know it's um it's pretty obvious by then that they're not dying they're not dead they're um and um they're by then some of them can start to set seed and, uh, you know, another thing too, we need to watch too is after harvest because uh, the cut stumps of these uh, can regrow and set seed again before freeze up. They don't set a lot of seed that way, but it, it doesn't matter even, you know, any seed is bad seed. So we kind of have to scout again in that in that August range, that's when we do start to just visually see them. And then, uh, but from then on in, we just have to be watching and, and try to make sure that if we find them, they're destroyed. We don't want to let these things set seed. Um, we just can't afford that amount of seed to get back on the, on, on, you know, on the fields. So like talking about scouting and uh, like not letting the plants kind of take hold or, you know, the stumps kind of to regrow, are there any kind of like cultural mechanical integrated weed management practices that are kind of uh, out in the literature for Palmer Amaranth or is it kind of just continually scout? And then when you see it, call in the reinforcements to get rid of it well there's there's lots of things we can do culturally and and the, by far the the single biggest thing is is diver, crop diversity and crop rotation and these weeds put palmer amaranth and, and then you know some other um other bad weeds they end up being a problem when you're in uh, quite a limited rotation a lot of these weeds started taking hold down in the states in the corn soybean rotations i mean it's a two crop rotation and you're using glyphosate every year several times and that's where these weeds start to develop resistance and so we know we've been very fortunate up in Manitoba we've got a much more diverse crop rotation we use a lot of different herbicides in our rotation and so we've been really fortunate so far that we haven't seen these weeds and they may have been here but we've been able to take care of them we we do know too that in the fields where we have found um, again we've only found palm we've only found the three plants so I can tell you about the water hemp that we found in Manitoba when the, in the fields that we found the water hemp in a soybean field the next year when that goes to a canola crop or um or a wheat crop or even oats even a, a nice competitive cereal crop or a competitive canola we don't see pigweed in that crop we don't see any pigweeds in that crop so uh we know that there are still products in those crops that work 
to kill the pigweeds, but also that's just a much more competitive crop. So in something like a soybeans, there's other things you can do. Um, the problem with the soybean is that it's a, a a lot of time it's grown on a row in wide rows. There's a lot of open ground in there. It doesn't cover in for a while. Um, it doesn't shade the ground at all. And this is a plant that likes direct sunlight. So if it does get shaded out, so if with something like a soybean where you can go to a narrow row where you can keep your plant populations as you know as high as you can, um, there are other reasons, you know, other things to look at with plant population, but we would want your plant population to be as high as, as feasible. And, um, and those things help. Uh, but ideally, again, the biggest thing is, is a really good diverse crop rotation. And within that crop rotation, you can use, um, you can use as many herbicides, use mixed modes of action, do tank mixes, uh, where you need to be using pre-emerge chemistry that has residual in it, because that'll actually work on these weeds so they don't even come up out of the ground. It, you know, it works on the weed seeds as they emerge, and that and that's really helpful. Um, when they do come, when we do see them in crop, spraying them when they're really small before they have a lot of growing points on them, um, using strategic tillage. I know that's something that we've really quite gotten away from in Manitoba. We're not doing a lot of tillage in our wide row crops anymore. And um, using strategic tillage definitely can help uh, because that can, you know, uproot some of these and, and get rid of some of them. So it's um, it's looking at a lot of different tools to try to go after this. Um, because, you know, once, the, once we start losing access to the herbicides that used to kill these weeds, we have to use all the other tools we have. Um, but, but you know, like I said, luckily in Manitoba, we've got lots of different crops that we grow. We've got a very diverse rotation and, and our, we've got a lot of great agronomists that are working with a lot of great farmers. And, and you know, we're really aware of the situation and we're hoping, trying to head it off, you know, before it gets bad like it did in the States. Again, you know, you look down south and it was a two crop rotation with heavy, heavy reliance on glyphosate and glyphosate alone. And that's how the problem started. And luckily in Manitoba, that's not how we do things up here. And we're very glad that is not the way that Manitobans are, are dealing with their fields. So uh, just the last question here, if someone suspects that they have Palmer amaranth in their field, uh, who should they contact within Manitoba Agriculture to uh, go look at it and, and do the necessary testing to confirm if it is Palmer or not. Yeah, uh, we have some regional staff that work throughout the province. We have five of those throughout the province. So if there was somebody close by, um, in fact, we did have uh, one sample of a water hemp come in from extreme western Manitoba. That actually one of our um, one of our people out there, our our, our uh, extension people out there, had had found for me. Normally, people call me. I'm in Carmen, and um, a lot of unfortunately. Like I said, a lot of the a lot of these suspicious plants are coming in from from the south central um, Manitoba area. So normally I will come out and take a look. We always uh, we we send them for DNA analysis. The problem with the pigweeds is that there's a lot of um, especially with the dioecious ones. There's a lot of outcrossing. There's a lot of hybridization, and we need to know what we're dealing with. Um, some of them are lookalikes. There's some of the pigweeds are very hard to tell apart, and uh, depending which one it is, we need to know that. So the first thing we do is we get a sample. We send it away for the DNA analysis so that we get testing so we know what species it is. Um, and again, because in Manitoba we have legislation where we have three pigweeds actually are tier one pigweeds and and so they have to be destroyed when we find them and um that's water hemp and it's uh palmer amaranth obviously water hemp and then there's a smooth pigweed as well and so those ones once we find the dna species on it and then and after that too we've been working with um 
uh, Ontario Agriculture and also uh, a lab in Ontario getting the resistance testing done on the sample. So then we send another sample away to that lab and we get the resistance testing back. So it's kind of a two-step process with there because we're dealing with two different labs. We are hoping to be able to do the resistance testing in Manitoba um, very shortly at the Pest Surveillance Initiative Lab in, in, Man in Winnipeg. Um, that is run by the um, owned by the uh, canola growers, and so that lab has been doing our DNA analysis with us, and uh, so that's really great that we have that service right in Manitoba, and it will be even better once we get the resistance testing done. So when we get any any suspicious pigweed should be reported, um, especially even at harvest. Um, I I had tweeted out. Uh, comment and uh, something about I said if you see a big pigweed at harvest don't put that through the combine just stop bag it and burn it uh, sometimes late in the season there might not be enough tissue to test we have to have live tissue to test these things but we still don't want those running through a combine if you see something suspicious at any point you know, call your agronomist, call me, call any of our regional staff call somebody um, stop and investigate I mean when you see a pigweed, any a red root pigweed should never be more than knee height. Maybe like it would never be waist height. If you see anything bigger than that in a field, looks like a pigweed and it looks funny. We you have we have to investigate that because it's probably one of the bad ones. And so you know, like I said, we just have to you know you just call one of us, talk to your agronomist, and that's kind of how we've been dealing with it so far. Fantastic. Well, Kim, thank you so much for joining us on Inputs. Uh, just for you personally, where can people find you or contact you uh, if they want to know more about uh, Palmer Amaranth in Manitoba and also uh, if they want to contact you for some maybe positive IDs? Oh, sure. Yeah, um, I can give you my phone number now if you want. Um, I can give you that. It's 431 344-0239 and my email is kim.brown at gov.mb.ca so you can find me you should be on the website um, but even I know we have 1-800 numbers you can call and those messages end up getting relayed to me but there's you know I should be fairly easy to get a hold of um, I'm on Twitter um, at, it's uh, my handle is at storytime with Kim so if you find me on there then um, you can get a hold of me multiple ways Awesome. Well, again, Kim, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in to Inputs, the podcast by Top Crop Manager. To hear more great research and perspectives from industry experts, visit topcropmanager.com slash podcasts or catch up on past episodes wherever you listen to podcasts.